Hey guys, welcome to the show. It is Cooper. This episode of the podcast being brought to you by TechNet. Now, TechNet is a nationwide network of automotive repair shops. So if you get work done at a TechNet shop in Carbondale, PA, you've got support across the country, even into Canada, eh? They think us Wisconsinites sound like Canadians, but we really don't. So if you run into trouble with your vehicle, just call up the TechNet hotline or hit up their website and you get directed to a TechNet member shop near you. And there's over 9,600 of them. It's called the TechNet Nation. TechNet shops provide customers with dependable service backed by a nationwide warranty for at least 24 months or 24,000 miles, a roadside hazard tire protection plan, a roadside assistance plan, and much more. They call it Competence Delivered. For more information and to find a TechNet member shop in your area, hit up members.technetprofessional.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's TechNet. Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says WWW anymore? I can't even say it. WWWWW. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number three of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. I am Cooper. Thanking you for listening. Of course, available on, on all platforms that are out there for your podcast needs. Apple, Google. If you want, I can hand deliver a flash drive to your house so you listen to it. And today, my guest, the one and only, I'm not sure, I, I was thinking about if, if Wade Asher had a business card. <laughs> it, how many things could you fit onto one business card? And I, I ended up thinking this is, it'd be more like a phone book. You would have to run and drop old school phone books off at people's houses for all of the things that you, uh, that you do, you're involved in, but, uh, but most notably a uh, promoter for Chippewa Valley Music Festivals, including Country and Rock Fest. Uh, Wade is here, and I finally get to say Country Fest while we talk. <laughs> for the last for the last eight years, I have been banished from using the word Country Fest in conversation, but now we can say it openly and freely. Yeah, how does that feel? Does that feel good? It's a it's a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. It sounds pretty good on my end. It does. It, it feels like a Disney movie. It's a whole new world. <laughs> uh, but Wade is here. Wade and I go back. Um, I, I think pretty close to eight years. Yeah, somewhere around there uh, through our uh, Rock Fest connection uh, when my radio station. Finally, after knocking down the door for the better part of a decade uh, to get in with uh, with Wade and his crew, we we got in and we made a relationship that will last to the end of time. I agree. <laughs> uh, we we were getting ready for, of course, the two big festivals coming up uh, this year, but um, want to take you back in time, jump in the DeLorean, and go back uh, back to when you got involved with a music festival. Um, this obviously wasn't something that you know you when you were growing up in a young aspiring lad to go out and make a difference in the world you're like concert promoter that sounds like that sounds like what i'm gonna do yeah not there, even close there was there was a, a a little bit of a windy road that led you into uh into your current position yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I when I grew up, you uh, you saw me in diapers, uh, swinging a hammer and banging on stuff. Made my parents very unhappy, but you know, I wanted to. Be, <laughs> I was the construction guy, right? He says I, when he was a baby. I say, wasn't that like three weekends yeah. ago? Or that, that's just the video I saw on Snapchat. Yeah, that's ma- that's maturity level. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's um, remained the same. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do new construction. And I wanted to do uh, you know all that stuff and you know be hands on, and that was kind of my calling and mm-hmm. you know whatever yeah so that's where that's what my uh my passion was until i um got the opportunity for the music festivals and uh obviously i worked it all my life since i was i don't know i think it was like nine or something like mm-hmm. that the first music festival that i worked and stuff so um so yeah I've, I've worked it all my life and i've always been a part of it and it's interesting it's different it's it's fun it's it's a family and that's the that's the I think biggest difference. And you are are someone who has traveled around and seen uh, not just your own music festivals, but many that are out there. And there are a lot. <laughs> and and and, <laughs> Tons. and and it is it's kind of a, it's a weird ebb and flow. Uh, you know, when we first got into uh, to working with you guys over at at Rockfest, um, there was a huge boom in, in new festivals popping up, and there was one every seemingly every weekend. A lot of yeah. overlapping stuff. Uh, so there was a big boom in it. Now I think you've you've seen some of the the ones that weren't able to. Uh, maintain or weren't doing it the right, right way right. Uh, have kind of gone by the wayside. I think that's, you know, that's what separates uh, what Chippewa Valley Music Festivals uh, with the other ones is, is there is a real sense of, of family uh, when you get, uh, when you get involved really at any level. And, um, and that's always been something I think that uh, not only sponsors of the event, but I think even on the fan level, you know, the concert goer level, they have realized that because they seem uh, and they, I shouldn't say seem, they are, you know, a family you know, inner, it, it's, it's like they're the, the stepchildren, you know, of, <laughs> of the festival, because I mean, they're so dedicated to coming out and coming out every single year. Uh, they have their own groups on Facebook, you know, they have open conversation about, about the festival, you know, you're willing to have conversations with them, um, about things they would like to see about artists that they're interested in. Um, so there really is a, a close knit group of, of fest goers, um, up here in Kadat. Yeah. I mean, the family is, you, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's called fest family for a reason. And mm-hmm. that has kind of been a tagline for, a lot of years and our fans are the best part of our our festivals they really are and and uh, i always say that 99 percent of all all fans out there are way smarter than me so <laughs> <laughs> they know way more than i do i just try to uh, put together an event to make uh, every have everybody have the time of their lives you know so um yeah our, our fans are everything we didn't have our fans it'd be it'd be nothing and, and we try to cater back to them as much as we possibly can and try to give them more value um every single year without increasing the ticket costs mm-hmm. and so on and so forth so we're always trying to do more and more and more in one in appreciation um you know for what they do for us right you know um but uh you know too just to try to create an overall better experience every single year because we have to constantly evolve and constantly change we can't sit still how many years have you been leading the charge at the festivals so i started uh training at the end of 2009 but my first festivals uh that i was in charge of was 2011 okay, so 2011 so, yeah um even since then which is what eight that eight years that's will be your eighth this will be my 10th festival, tenth, tenth festival. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i do math yeah. So, I'm in, so I do podcasts. Yeah, I, I use my fingers. <laughs> nice. Good thing you still have all of them with all that, you know, hammer swinging you were doing as a child. Um, so you've, you've seen this in, in the last decade is, and an interesting question to pose to you is how has social media changed the way that the festival not only advertises, but also operates? Because there is seemingly getting, you know, getting away from 
the traditional ways of advertising because we are living in this world of um, if you're not on your phone, like it, it's so socially acceptable now, like, oh, it, 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 that's just where people are. Their focus is, is on their phone and scrolling up. Uh, so how has the, you know, the social media surge of the last decade changed, you know, what you do in the concert industry? Well, I mean, a lot of ways. I mean, everything's digital now, yep. you know, and of course, you know, our tickets are sold online, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense for us, you know. Um, but social media has, has uh, you know, changed all marketing, period. I mean, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the um, uh, I would say the quote unquote stone age of ways of marketing aren't, aren't, uh, aren't producing results anymore right. and they're not trackable, things like that. And social media is and digital marketing is trackable. So you can see exactly where everything's coming from areas, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, for us, um, the biggest thing that is done for us, not just in the advertising world, but we're able to communicate with our fans mm-hmm. on levels we've never been able to before, you know? And so if they got a quick message, a quick question, a quick anything, you know, our customer service is in is real quick and it's, and it's in real time, which that's what we want to be able to do. We want to be able to connect with our, our customers quicker, faster, easier, more less painless, you know. Um, so in, in any concerns, because, you know, I always say I'd rather hear about 10 complaints about my festival than hear about one compliment, mm-hmm. you know. So um, so it, that's that's where it's really changed for us uh, in a big way. You know, something I've never seen um, in, in, in any in any platform, in any industry, um, especially in, in music, which is something I was in for, for many years, from the concert level to the artist level, when you go onto, uh, onto Facebook or you go into an Instagram post, and as a fan, you post something or you send a message to your favorite artist or your favorite festival or your favorite you know, concert venue, seemingly from the outside looking at it, a lot of those aren't responded to, you know, they kind of end up just as this, these words that live on a, on a Facebook page, you know, forever. And, and that person who posted it maybe goes in with the expectation of not having a response as much as they would love one. They know that maybe their favorite band or even talking to guys at, at a, at a festival with concerns, with questions, you know, with compliments, whatever, they're not going to get that attention because of the volume of people that are on um, on that platform, especially for Rockfest, which I, you know, and, and country, which are both over, I think, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. followers on Facebook. But you, even at, you on a personal level, you as the person in charge of of running these things, will go on and will comment on people's posts, will encourage people who have complaints, and there are plenty. Mm-hmm. In the eight years I had to deal with, Absolutely. not deal with, I should say, but even from from my end in radio, posting a lineup and. For every nine, this is awesomes. There's one really outspoken. This is the worst thing you've ever done. Why would you do this to us? Right. Luckily for me, and I still have at least six strands of hair in my head, so I, I didn't have because I didn't have to make these phone calls. What are you trying to say? Uh, you have six. Okay. Well, that's six. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's, I have seven. You have six. It's a lot of credit. It's a lot of credit. My, my hair is just scared of my face. It's just backing. It's like I'm backing the fuck up back here. It's fine. Mine's running for higher land. You would look good in a hat, sir. Thank you. But wait, you know, you will go on there and you will reach out to that person who has that, that concern about the lineup. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, and I can say it because I don't run your festival. Sometimes people are just dumb and don't understand, you know, logistically speaking, why can't you have Metallica and ACDC and Guns mm-hmm. N' Roses and all mm-hmm. the, why can't you have the Foo Fighters and all these, you know, bands there? But if, even if somebody does pose that question, you'll be the first person to say, give me a call. Right. And we'll have a conversation with, with, a, with a, a fan and address those concerns and, and walk them through it, I'm sure, gently. You know, and the, yeah, and the, the big part about that is, you know, most uh, festivals or even any business that's, you know, works online, um, they're afraid of controversy, right? Mm-hmm. They're afraid of constructive criticism. They're afraid of that. And they don't want that 
you know, they don't want that conflict, right? They don't want to argue with somebody. They don't want to go back and forth. They just avoid it and they'll go away and they're always chalk them up as, you know, just a negative person. You know, you can't make everybody happy type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Me, that's the first person I want to talk to. Right. You know, I want to talk to that person to see because in my mind, that person is so upset that he wants to go online to complain and, and, and be unhappy about something. He probably cares more than the person that's that doesn't complain you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. they have you know like our fans just i've learned over the years our fans that do complain they have so much heart and passion and they are our biggest supporters and you know uh, and and me just giving them the time of the day you know matter if it's two in the morning or or what time it is (laughs) me just giving them the time of day you know just to listen to concerns and say hey i'm I'm here dude you know let's, let's talk about it let's see what the issue is and then go from there um you know has has really um, humanized our brand, you know, and, and, and it's really done really great things for us. So, you know, that's dealing with, uh, with obviously fans of, of the festival, um, who subsequently are obviously fans of the artists who perform at both of your festivals. And you've had a chance over the last, you know, 10 years to have to kind of run interference for both to have to not only deal with listener concerns, but let's say artist issues, um, (laughs) artists, um, needs wants demands uh i'm imagining in 10 years because there's i mean i know Rockfest uh, just because I, I worked so closely with it for so many years you know we were talking for the last four or five years about 65 bands in just over three days right that's a lot of <laughs> different personalities logistics on, <laughs> and logistically speaking again six hairs left right um and, and country you know has grown to that same that same level of a lot of artists a lot of talent um and a lot of different egos and needs and, and wants is what is in your mind when you reflect back and say that was the biggest issue I had to deal with with an artist in both festivals so we'll combine them into one yeah. and we'll we'll name redact uh, to protect the innocent and or not so innocent <laughs> uh, involved in this but an issue that you're like man yeah when you go into a situation uh, last year if something would have happened and you go that was bad but at least it wasn't that situation what right. was that situation Oh man, yeah, I, I can't really name that situation because it's going to end up naming the artist, you know, one way or the other. <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I think I was there for that. Uh, yeah, um, no, it, you know, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, um, you know, artists are great to mm-hmm. work with and they're professional and stuff like that. And I think over the years they even become more professional and so on and so forth as you you know, build relationships with them, with the festivals. They know the festivals and all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, in this industry, there's a lot of bad promoters out there. And mm-hmm. artists always uh, artists always have like their guard up saying, who is this guy, right. you know? And so, um, so, and I get that. So I get that all the time. And, you know, people, um, you know, some people get so starstruck, they do it for the wrong reasons, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. So I get that completely. But with us, you know, we really don't have that issue. It's more of a catastrophic thing or weather or, um, um, you know, somebody dies in the family and somebody cancels two days before my show. I mean, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's act of God stuff for the most part, but you know, don't get me wrong back in the early days, you know, before my time, I mean, my dad was doing it. Um, yeah, there was all kinds of, you know, um, I want five pounds of, of, uh, peanut M&Ms without the green ones in it, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? It, the it, horror it, stories you read about, about, uh, you know, tour riders. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The riders, you know, get just ridiculous. And some, you know, to be honest with you, sometimes I think they put that in there just to see if somebody will do it, you know, so, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but for the most part, you know, we really don't. I mean, you know, the artists, you know, 
you know, we want them to love our venue. We want them to have a great time. We want them to talk about it, you know, so on and so forth. So we've created those relationships throughout the years and, and um, we, we just don't have those, those issues for the most part. I, you know, they're, you know, they're great guys. And some guys are so uber professional that it just makes our lives easier. Cause at the end of the day, we're all about the same common thing. You know, we want to put on a mm-hmm. good show for the people. So do you think, um, do you think that is a big part of the reason that you have this, these two major festivals in Kadat, Wisconsin, which is population 18. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's not. I mean, it's, I mean, Kadat's a beautiful area. I know you yeah. have a beautiful home out there and I mean, a beautiful family. Yeah. But it's literally, and, and I've, I've had interviews with everybody from, from Kiss to Buck Cherry to, you know, Vinnie Paul from Hell Yeah, I mean, rest in peace, all these guys. And that's one of the first things I ask them is when you're on your tour bus or when you're, you know, driving to your next show. Because a lot, you know, a lot of these guys are going city to city, and at some of those higher levels, when you talk about a band like Kiss or you talk about, you know, God, a Godsmack, you know, they're coming out of Chicago mm-hmm. or Minneapolis. Um, so I always used to ask them, you know, as an introductory question, is you know, when you wake up on your bus and you look to your left and you see cornfield and you look to your right and you see cornfield and then all of a sudden you come over to the crest of the hill out there by Rockfest and you see, you know, seven thousand campers and, and tents set up in this mini city that gets built. Yeah. You know, what is it is it the the atmosphere you've created make Kadat, Wisconsin, you know, a destination place for some of these artists? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they just have a blast. I mean, Mm. there's so many places they have a blast there, you know what I mean? And not only do they have like, you know, the permanent, you know, dressing rooms, production rooms, catering, main stage, all that kind of stuff where they just feel super safe and super taken care of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but, you know, we'll get artists that come out there not even on the bill just to go see another artist that's there and go hang with them for the day or they'll go out in the campground and steal one of our golf carts and go out in the campground and i just may have, or may not have witnessed a couple yeah, of those incidents yeah, yeah, i can't yeah, confirm or deny that i signed a deal happens. whoops <laughs> uh but uh they'll go in the campgrounds and just go hang out with people you know they go hang out with the fans and do stupid human tricks you know so i mean it's just you know they did they they love they love being there because they know they're going to take care of they know it's going to be easy they know that you know at the end of the day if their day is easy like they're set up all that kind of stuff throughout the whole you know uh schedule if their day is easy their life is easy the show is easy you know and it's at the end of the day it's best for the fans you know i know you're a guy that doesn't have a lot of free time there's talking about <laughs> i don't know you're here in my basement uh, and and you know, I'm taking up some of that free time, but uh, just free time in general, because I know that you have a lot of things, you know, outside of the festivals that are going on, uh, going to other festivals, doing a bunch of other stuff, having your, your hands in the ground on, on, on some, on some side projects. Did you ever have time to watch the fire festival documentary? I, I did. On okay. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I wanted to make sure, cause I wanted to bring that up. Cause I, I obviously heard the story about it and then finally had a chance um, after I got fired. Coincidentally, I'm <laughs> um, like, oh, now I have all this time. I can soak up all this. What are this Netflix stuff people are talking about? Right. Uh, but the Fire Festival uh, documentary was the first thing I watched. And obviously, um, having a close relationship with you and knowing how, knowing the effort it takes to put together a festival of the magnitude that you do, watching that, what, what, like, what were you feeling? Did you have like a sense of, obviously, you don't want to see uh, any fan base of, of anything, you know, have to go through, be promised something and not have it delivered on, or really have something promised and have nothing really at all as a promoter as somebody who puts on these you know things on a regular basis when you're watching this are you just like 
what the fuck guys? Like what, <laughs> like, like wh- why, why did you not make that phone call? How did you, what are you taking the camera angle from? <laughs> what is happening? What is this? All these mistakes. Why? Uh, you know, two words, mind blown. You know, it's just, I, I was, it, my jaw was like, like on the ground the whole time mm-hmm. seeing all these things and all these, as the movie, you know, progressed and all these things happened in place. It was like, wow, wow, wow. And the, what blew my mind so much more is like a lot of these promoters and uh, uh, partners that they had, marketing teams that they had, were all really big names. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had big names helping them out. And it was just a lot of money that was thrown around. So I think every, being there's a lot of money that was thrown around. I think everybody's had the blinders on that, that everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be fine and this and that, you know. And and I've actually talked to a few of them people that were in that, mm. right, in the mix of it. And and they're like, nobody had any idea. We just thought it was all going to work out. The guy was an amazing talker, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he convinced them, and he could, you know, it was like he knew so much about what he was doing that he didn't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like he had all the information and all the answers, but he just, you know, he just talked, he's a good bullshitter. You know yeah. what I mean? He just really was, you know? So yeah, it just, it blew my mind. I'm like, at one point, do the customers say, what is going on here? You know? And it was at the point where they got on the Island, yeah. you know, and said, uh, this isn't what we signed up for. You know, <laughs> this is actually the opposite of what we signed up for. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just watched that with a, with kind of a shitty and grin on my face. Cause I, I, I know the effort that goes in, not just from you, but from your entire team, uh, to put those two festivals together. Um, and even though the the grounds continue to change because there's always improvements, I know you're doing some big stuff for 2019, mm-hmm. but you know your, you know where your elbow room is, you know you know where the fence line is. Watching that, it was like these people have no idea. <laughs> I mean, about the simplest infrastructure like facts of like we're gonna have it here. Okay, did right. somebody like go there and right. and be like, right. okay, first thing people are gonna want to do when they get off a plane is probably go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're on an island, dude. Like, there's not fucking plumbing on an island. Like, like the natives that live there, like when Jack Sparrow yep. from Pirates of the Caribbean yep. got, you know, yep. marooned down that island, he was yep. like, hey, since I'm here, I'm going to, you know, dig some indoor plumbing because, right. you know, I got right. free time. Right. Um, I, I think it really, and we've seen this when I talked about that boom in the festival yeah. industry from a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was every Tom, Dick, and Harry thought, you know what I can do? I can do what Wade does. Yeah. I can go ahead and I got some land and I got some money yeah. and I got a guy who knows a guy who knows a band guy who right. probably, you know, they'll probably come in and then, you know, you go out and, and I've, I've witnessed this firsthand in, in some festivals in our area, yeah. especially in their early years. It's just a shit show. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, you should have put that on the ticket to the festival and been like, hey, look, I got a ticket to the shit show. No, literally, that's <laughs> what it is because they, there's just like this mindset of, well, it's as simple as getting some bands and maybe, you know, some bands and getting a stage. Well, shit, you can get a stage on a trailer these right. days if you really right. want to. Right. Getting a sound guy. Well, I know a guy who knows. And, and all of it, no, we got to put a fence up. Well, I think I'll get some fence out back mm-hmm. um, of my bar and I'll, we'll throw that up. And, and so to see it done right. And I think that's what I was you know blessed with because we, we've had offers to go to plenty of other festivals in the yeah. country. Yeah. And we just, just decide not to because like there's no way. Right. You know, I'm not going to go to a festival to be disappointed. Right. I'm not going to go in and go, well, I know I'm not going to have. Have you been spoiled, Cooper? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Spoiled? Oh, God, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, do I have to come with the general public this year? Because I'm just going to get a helicopter and watch it from above. But no, there, there's, there, there always seem to be like 
uh, a mentality that this was something easy to do. Mm-hmm. And I think um, because so many people came out and saw how, how both of your festivals are run, and they said, wow, this this is really a smoothly run operation. It mm-hmm. must, this must be a walk in the park. And then they try to go do it and they wonder why they're getting fisted, you know, by everybody on social media because it ends up being a shit show. So it's, um, the fire festival made me think of, uh, made me think of you and, and just how, how this isn't an easy industry to be it, in it, at all. Yeah, it, it isn't at all. And yeah, it every, you're right. Everybody does think, you know, this is going to be easy to get a stage or book some bands, you know, da, 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 and they think that people are just going to show up. I mean, the, the important thing that people forget about, uh, that some promoters get up, forget about is you have to sell tickets, yep. period. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may look like there's 50,000 people out in that crowd and this should be no big deal because all I need to do is sell 1,000 tickets. There's not. Right. There's not 50,000 people out there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if there was, everybody would be really, really happy, you know, right. but it's just, just not the way it works. And, you know, it, it comes back to reality, you know, a lot of times and, and, uh, they, in people for people forget about that. You know, mm-hmm. if an artist says there's 50,000 people out there, the actual numbers is way less than that, you know? So, you know, people do forget about that all the time. And, and again, they have those blinders on and they think that, it, you know, anybody can do it. And then, mm-hmm. then they forget about, Oh wait, you know, okay, we got these people coming and the gates, how many people do we have attending the gates? And Oh wait, they came at the wrong time that we thought they're going to come. And now we don't have enough people attending the gates. Now there's lines. The worst thing that you could ever do to a customer is make them wait in line, mm-hmm. you know, cause if they have to wait in line and they, and they, you know, people in the Midwest demand, uh, great customer service immediately. Right. You know, they do, you know, mm-hmm. because, because the people in the Midwest are, you know, just great people overall and they wanted to cater to everybody. So customer service in the, in the Midwest is awesome. But if you screw that up, you know, you just lost that customer and they have so many other options to go somewhere else. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to, to turn around and find a different uh, avenue and find mm-hmm. customer service where they're going to get you know, service the way that they feel uh, they should be. Now you've, uh, you've met almost everybody in, many music genres <laughs> almost pretty close is there somebody somebody that maybe you've, you've had at a festival somebody you've seen at another festival do you have any starstruck left in you because you get you get to see when you see an artist a lot of the times is you don't you're not watching the performance there are times where i know at the end of the day you get a chance to actually go out and see one of one of the shows when probably the last act of, of the day um, and everything's kind of taken care of but then it's right. right back to getting ready for the next day so you don't see them as the performing artist on the stage doing their thing, you know, with 25,000 screaming fans. I'm making up, and I can make up inflated number. 50,000 right. inflated, 150,000 people were go. here. Um, you know, you get to see them when they're backstage, when they're chill, when they're, you can, you see the progress of their, you know, how their DOS runs, when they have interviews here, or they have, now's my time to do this, and now I have to warm up. And so you get to see them on more of a human level. Mm-hmm. So does that take the fact that you maybe don't have starstruckness or starstruck isms anymore? You know, I don't think I've I don't think I've ever had that to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I, I, it's just not something that you know really interested in me. You right. know, and maybe that's what makes me good at my job. You mm-hmm. know, um, but you know, through the this is the thirty third annual for Country Fest. You know, through the, all those years, I think I've had three meet and greets. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and so all those artists through all those years for both festivals. That's you know to have three. You know, and those was the ones that, you know, the artist said, listen, get your butt over here. I want to take a picture with you type of thing. You right. know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what it ends up being in, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we're very professional. We, we have a job, we mm-hmm. have a, we have a, um, an itinerary. We have to move along them lines. There's just no, there's just no time for starstruck notes, you know, whatsoever. Um, 
do do I get to see him at a human level and really make me appreciate those guys? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see him on all different levels from right. from putting the first offer into when they when they play the show. So there's there you know you, if if it's if it's a if it's out there, I pretty much see it. You know, but um, but uh, you know the artists themselves. You know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, mm-hmm. and so do they. And at the end of the day, that's what they want to see. They want to see people that put their pants on the same, the same way. They don't want to see any star strictness. That's what they want. When you have that many, you know, when we we're talking about about Rockfest, at least having sixty-five artists. Now, obviously, they're spread out throughout the grounds and stuff. But you know, on the main stage acts are kind of concentrated in one area, right behind mm-hmm. the stage. There's probably not much time, to, you know, to to have a, a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, it's it's Corey Taylor. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that was probably my one. I wasn't when I met Corey Taylor. I wasn't starstruck by him. It was just like when you're in the in the presence of somebody with that much talent, right? And somebody who I I used to state and I would still state to this day is if Corey Taylor ran for president <laughs> and Dave Grohl was the VP, I'm <laughs> voting Corey Taylor, Dave Grohl. You know. 2024. Once they're done with this whole music thing, you know, if this music thing doesn't yeah, work yeah. out, yeah, yeah. Um, so that you know, that's the one I can think of where you're like, oh my gosh, man. they're such cool guys, and they're just the nicest. Cool yeah, they're 99 percent of the time they're just it's, the nicest dudes ever. Well, and it's not fake, you know what right. I mean? Like, there's a lot of artists that put it out there um, on social media that, you know, they're it's fake what they're putting out there. It's not really them, mm-hmm. you know. It's you know, those two guys. It's you know right away it's in their heart it's in their soul it's a part of their being you know this there's no nothing fake about it and people see that right. you know and uh, just amazing guys amazing talent i mean you can't say enough about those two guys they're just they just knock it out of the park every time you guys made the uh the transition into the uh electronic ticket or the uh the um, rfid rfid see i've been out of the game for a month and a half and i'm already out of business right um you know, we talked about social media changing and obviously the technologies of, of tickets changing. What do you see as the next, what will be the next big thing to change in festivals, in concerts? You know, going from go to the box office or stop by your local XYZ gas station, you know, because those days are, are gone. You yeah. know, line up at the box office, come and get them. Obviously, you guys still do, you know, uh, walk-up tickets, you know, or walk-up RFID wristbands at the gates and stuff for those who are, you know, who don't plan their lives accordingly. Right. But so the, the big move into RFID and all of a sudden they can put your, you know, your credit card on your thing and you don't need right. to worry about cash and all that other stuff. So major moves in the last couple of decades of, of going to concerts. What's, what do you see as the next thing that's going to be out there? You know, anything that makes uh, the customer experience um, and their time on the concert grounds easier mm-hmm. is what's going to be out there. You know, I think that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if you make something um, easier for a customer to do, they're going to do more of it, period. You know, um, and you'll see that with any of our digital, you know, um, giants out there, you know. So that, that's what I see. You know, I don't think, you know, there was a, there was a big push for like virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Kind of I was stuff just going to mention that. Yep. Yeah, for a while. And, you know, there was a, there was a big push for that. And, oh, you're going to see this and you're going to see that you're never going to take live music out of people. Right. I mean, they standing them having an at, actual performers sit on the stage, play their heart out, so on and so forth. You know, um, I mean, maybe in a couple different genres of music that might have like, you know, some, some, some leg room, but you know, in, in, for my festivals, there's no way, there's no way. Um, but I think at the end of the day, wherever we can make 
the experience easier for the customer. That's what you're going to see, whether that's through technology or just traffic flow plans, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, you, you'll see it more and more of that in in especially focusing on the overall experience of the festival. So whatever that means, if mm-hmm. it's more entertainment, if it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, the experience, experience, experience is what is going to, you know, drive everything. I remember seeing the commercial. Uh, I think the NBA was doing it with the virtual reality ways to go to, to a basketball game. So yeah. you can buy your ticket to the game and put your VR headset on and it gives you this perspective like you are sitting courtside at a, at a Bucks game. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the first things I thought of. I'm like, imagine that, you know, imagine being in, in VIP and Rockfest and next to you is this 360 degree camera moving, mm-hmm. you know, moving around uh, because there's somebody else sitting at home or uh, watching this concert. And I was like, that's, I think you stated that's you just took the life out of the reason that people right. go to it, it, rock, especially uh, country is right up there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to get into to pop and 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 electronic music and, right. and rave stuff, I think maybe you have a different audience. You know, like right. Dead Mouse and you know guys right. like that who I think that genre that that vibe of music is more built for people who maybe don't necessarily need to have that. Correct. I, I don't come to this. I come to the show because my friends are here and I'm side by side and, and yeah. there's beer right over there. Right. Marilyn Manson spinning in my face and I can't get that on <laughs> VR. It's just going to blur the screen a little bit. Um, so I can't say it didn't happen to me personally, but I was next to the guy who yeah. was next to the guy who yeah. that, that yeah, may yeah, or may yeah. not have happened to. There yeah, could have yeah. been some blood. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but th- th- I think there's genres that that maybe lends itself more to. Um, but I, I visioned that first when I saw that commercial for the NBA doing it about this, you know, these 360 degree ca- cameras sitting, you know, in different locations on, on the festival grounds and thought, even I think looking at that, if you're there live and in person, you're looking down at this camera going, some asshole is at home. Right. You know, you just want to be the guy that like accidentally takes their shirt off and throws it over top. Be like, oh, right. sorry, sorry about, yeah. sorry you're missing out on that. But exactly, I, I, th- I think or there are there are genres. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if this is is this wireless? Oh no, let me scramble the Wi-Fi signal out here really quick because I'm an asshole. But no, I, I think um, I think you're right. I mean, we've seen that with other festivals in the country that have either rebranded themselves or are coming back as something more than just open the gates, run to the front, stand there. If you have to piss too bad, mm. um, watch the show when you're done exit, right? You know? Yeah. Okay. Water's over here right. and beers over here. Okay. And there's some other side stage stuff going on. I think people are so wanting to get their bang for their dollar right. and be able to say, I went and say, I may have three favorite bands on this day of rock fest. Right. What am I going to do when I'm, those bands aren't on stage while well, you have this going on or there's this going on. Or there's this exhibit. I can go get a tattoo done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's become more of a, a retreat for people to get away. I'm not just going to a concert. I'm going to this, this event that right. is going to, you know, leave right. lasting impressions. And I think, right. you know, keeping the people uh, entertained inside of those grounds with all the great uh, side stage entertainment, uh, bars, obviously a variety of different t- styles of food they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has become, and I think we, we talked to this more about, about country and even rock, I think to an, to an extent, this is people's vacation. You know, when they oh, plan sure. their year, they go, okay, I know from June, this date to this date, I need to be off, you know, that Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, probably the Monday after, um, yeah. if you're smart about things, because Sunday's a long teardown day. Yeah. Um, but it becomes, when once the dates come out for the next festival, okay, I know I'm taking my vacation centered around those dates. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it is a vacation for, mm-hmm. for, for both festivals. It really is. I mean, people, instead of going to a sandy beach, they, they come to our event, you know, because, you know, they get to see all their favorite friends there and the, the amount of the community and the friends that they lifelong relationships that they create just mm-hmm. being at the festival is just 
absolutely astonishing. You know, we'll, once in a great while, like how are the weekends fall in the month, it'll look like our weekend moves back like a weekend right. in, the, in the month or, you know, depends on how it falls on the weekend the end of the month and people will, will like call us email us like why'd you move your weekend up and like we didn't you know so that's just you, the nature of a calendar right it moves exactly, itself exactly you know and, and so you know but that's how you know passionate they are about that's our vacation weekend mm-hmm. and i took off the wrong weekend dang it you know so you know so it, yeah it's vacation is i think we'll be surprised how many how many people what percentage of people actually are on their vacation that they normally wouldn't take to go to a sandy beach or something like right. that that actually come to the festivals for their vacation period yeah and doing the festivals and stuff has, has opened you up to be able to do some things in the community uh, some big things uh, that you're involved with on a personal level yeah joshua's camp is one of them um yeah. i i for the last couple of years we did some joshua's camp stuff we worked with you on joshua's camp stuff yeah appreciate um, that no it, it's i think when the family is built you right. know when you when you have the family that uh that both festivals are. Um, and I think we see crossover between we get along with the country folk, you know, I shouldn't call them folk, the country humans, um, the country humans get along with the rock people. Um, you know, we, but we, when you get together and you put them on, um, on a same mission, on the same path to say, you know what we have, it's the, I don't want to say it's the, I know this guy, but Hey, here's what I can bring into the table. Here's what Wade can bring in. Here's what Bill can bring in. Here's what, what Sean can bring in. uh, Here's what Ben can bring in. So you get all these great individual Right. minds together and we're able to do some great things. And, and uh, I know the Joshua's camp organization, something that you were uh, and still are involved with um, very heavily. Talk about being able to um, with the festivals and be able to bring people out to like the night on the stage, uh, mm-hmm. which you guys do for, uh, for Joshua's camp, which is a huge night. Mm-hmm. Tell me about going into the community and how it feels to be able to, to watch them give back to uh, to an organization like that. Well, first of all, I would just, you know, start out by saying I'm incredibly blessed and proud to be a part of the Joshua's camp organization because mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess at the at the end of the day, you know, we you know we do the evening on the stage, you know, and we've done that. I think this would be like our sixth year or something like that. It's it all runs together, but um, you know, we do that event and we get to make a difference. In and it's it it feels pretty awesome. And the group of people that that I'm surrounded with, like the Bills, the Bennies, you know, all those guys that um, that are a part of it, they're all doing it for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest caveat. You know, if you're gonna do something to give back to the community and and uh, try to make a difference, do it for the right reasons. Right. You know, because if you do it for the right reasons, everything else will come, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we put that event on with zero cost to the actual event, which right. is, to me, Huge. yeah, to me, more impressive than actually raising a bunch of money, you know, and and uh, so that's what's that's what's great about. It. I mean, the mm-hmm. last couple of years, it's been an 83, 85 grand, you know, with no expenses. And that can go all go to the kids at Joshua's camp, kids with cancer, mm-hmm. helping them through, the, you know, their treatments and so on and so forth. And so. Um, so, yeah, it, it feels really, really great. And cancer has affected me and it's cancer's affected everybody. Right. right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. affected everybody, you know, yep. and cancer's affected me in a lot of different ways. Um, two weeks ago, I just lost one of my best friends, yep. you know, and 35 years old, four kids, husband, you know, and, and, uh, cancer freaking sucks, man, yep. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so any, any way that I can do that to give back, uh, I want to be a part of it, but I want it to be for the right reasons and not for the reasons of making some business rich or some right. business profiting off of it for the reasons of, you know, this is what we're doing it for, you know, let's not use a nonprofit organization's name so we get donations for the business can grow. Right. You know, that's that's garbage. Yeah. You know. Um so, you know, so I am 
yeah, I'm incredibly proud about it and, it, and it's in my heart, it's in my soul, and mm -hmm. I'm very protective, very, very protective. <laughs> yes, on, absolutely, on as you should be. Yeah, on levels of, um, on levels of maybe make people a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> um, but you know, for because of the Joshua's camp is so dear and dear to my heart, and I just I want to always do the best thing for them, mm -hmm. and and you know, I you know, I I don't want anybody to ever take advantage of them, so it's just you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And the group of people that are around it are amazing. And the support is unbelievable. And it's just, it's, it's actually something that's magical. It's just, it's, you know, we talk about our grounds being magical, but this is on a smaller scale of, but of, of high importance and of high magic levels. I mean, it's just, it's so freaking cool. And you can't, you can't, you know, I'm struggling for words right now because, yeah. because, you know, it's all emotion, right? It's all emotion mm -hmm. and you just can't explain it um, until you're actually in it. And kudos to you and the entire team that is able to do those kind of events. And there's the ability. And I think this all goes back to having your heart in it, mm -hmm. doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like a, it was a Tuesday and somebody had mentioned, hey, let's do this parade. Yeah. Let's get all, let's try to get as many <laughs> cars together as we can. Yeah. And, and we're going to do this big, crazy you know, this stuff. big, crazy, this big parade, uh, yeah. you know, for, uh, for some of the kids at, at Joshua's camp. And two days later, this, this yeah, yeah. took place with hundreds of vehicles yeah. and, and hundreds of people in attendance. Yeah. And I think that goes to show when you, when you don't, when you aren't constrained by, you know, a corporation that's trying to, you know, well, right. we, we better run this by this person. Well, how are we going to make revenue on this kind of stuff? Right. When you just have people whose heart is in what Correct. they're trying to do and they, yeah. they understand what the end result is and it's not for personal monetary gain, right. but it, it's for this bigger cause. Um, that was my biggest struggle yeah. for 20 years mm -hmm. is, is, and especially the last five, because in the last five, we, we, I want to say we, but I'll, I'll use, I'll be selfish and say the word I. Okay really wanted to to take the station I was working at to a level where it wasn't just about shut up and play the hits, right. um, play the rock fest artist, you know, do this, do that, talk about these only certain things. I wanted to say, you know, we have a we have the ability here, we have a platform here where we can utilize what we say to inspire people and to help them or and to encourage them to go out and make a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, we put together our first uh, X Open for Veterans, um, myself uh, and Taylor, my promotions director, and I've golfed before. <laughs> um, not well, but I have golfed. Mini putter. Yeah, <laughs> mini putt. Um, I remember mini putter. I was on London Road way back in the day. <laughs> Memories. Uh, you know, we decided to put this thing together not on a whim necessarily, but we're like, you know, here's what we want, you know, veterans is something that, that, that I hold close to, you know, to my heart. And I think everybody, everybody loves every thing. And, and certain people have, you know, certain avenues that they're, they're really drawn towards. Veterans was one for me having a lot of family members that have been in. Um, so we want to do this ex open for, uh, for veterans. And we're like, okay, let's, let's just do it. Um, this, it, it may be horrible, but we're going to, let's see, we have golf and we have beer and we have whiskey and, I think that's all we need. Oh, and right. a PA, you know, right. and a PA, you know, so we put that first one together and, you know, what that made me realize it didn't stop us from continuing to try to do good things. Uh, but I realized that it there was always going to be a challenge of, okay, we're going to go out and try to raise money um, through sponsorships, uh, through getting people involved, through coming up with creative ideas to, um, to get businesses to come out and, and make the event bigger. And thus at the end of the day, you know, make the amount of money we raise, you know, increase. Um, and we always real. I think we realized after that first one, we're always going to be up against the battle of, we are still working for a corporation. Right. We are still working for somebody who, at the end of the day, they need to make revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, a company needs to make revenue to succeed, to pay their employees, to keep the lights on, all that stuff. 
um, when we got to, uh, you know, year five and, you know, we started to almost see a, a, a split of, well, we know we raised this much, but we also know that when revenue, we may double that, you right. know, that's when it started to really, uh, you know, hit me in the wrong way. And we, uh, we continued to do it because we knew even though um, the other side was getting a check, we knew that we could go out and do things like our Joshua's Angels motorcycle mm-hmm. run for Joshua's camp. Right. We could do things like P10K for uh, for the Altoona Police Department Canine Program, which we uh, which we ignited their fundraising efforts for. We could still go out and make an impact. Right. Um, and I think the Joshua's Angels run was such a cool one because you, it really showed it doesn't matter the walk of life, it doesn't matter the situation that that you're in people with Harleys, people who are in that lifestyle, man, do they have the biggest hearts of, uh, oh, of sure. really anybody I know. Right, right. Um, these guys would come out and, and trying to find a September day that it's going to be, you, you really hope is going to be uh, nice enough to ride in. Cause it's always towards the end of September. Uh, we had one year where it was 95, which is too hot to, I mean, almost too hot to ride. We had one year where it was 30, which gets to be a little chilly. Yeah. Uh, but these people would come out in droves because they knew big, bad tattooed Harley guy, you know, was doing this for eight-year-old kid who's been going right. through chemo treatments for the last year. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that connection just, um, it really motivates you to, it motivates me now in this position to say, now I'm not constrained by, well, this is going to hold me back. Right. Or, or I, Hey, wait, I have this idea and it's not going to be like, well, we have to find a way to, it'll right. just be kind of a, all right, well, let's do it. Let's, let's figure out a way it. and make right. it happen. So, right. um, Really cool how the um, you and the festivals have gotten behind these great organizations. Um, I know you have you know your personal um, fight that you went through with mm-hmm. uh, with your mom and, and and passing of cancer, which started night for the fight. Mm-hmm. Which again, I think you get to bring people together. Right. Um, you bring people together for the festivals, and when you get to bring people together um, on night for the fight, where it's music and it's entertainment, but man, every person that comes through that door understands what they, how much change they can make and how they can move the process forward and and eventually finding a cure. So, and I know for you who has like no free time, (laughs) when you first told me about like, like you're going to do what? Like, dude, like more power to you, but this, you don't sleep in the first place. Yeah. What are you trying to do to yourself? Like I, like, man, like, did you like four hours of sleep was getting to be a little too much. Let's make it three. Um, there's a, there, I had an hour window between 1 and 2 a.m. that I didn't sleep, so I thought I'd just create night for the fight. <laughs> Since <Yeah>. I'm up <laughs> and I have my pen handy, let's come up with an idea. But be, I think it's uh, it's it's really cool motivated people who utilize that kind of energy and that kind mm-hmm. of drive and, and understand that it's not night for the fight, evening on the stage. You know, these things aren't about, well, how can, how can I make Wade Asher a bigger name? How right. can I make my festivals a bigger name? Right. You go out and you do these things because you want to – make the cause that you're working for benefit as much as it possibly can. Yeah. You know, I have, a, I, I, ha, I think if people have the ability and if people have the knowledge, no matter what profession that they're in, mm-hmm. if they can do something to make a difference because they are blessed with that ability or blessed with that knowledge, then they should, you know, I have the bus. I mean, I am blessed with the ability to do events. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, why wouldn't I go do something like this to, to do my part, you know, and it's not just doing my part and time and effort and everything to put in the event on and so on and so forth. It's also my pocketbook. Like right. I put a lot of my own dollars into the event so that the event is cost free, right. you know, and because at the end of the day, that's what we need to do, right? Mm-hmm. We need to make the event cost free. So every penny can go to the kids. And so, yeah, you know, night for the fight is, is, is a magical 
it's, it's just magical. Right. You know what I mean? People, the heart, it's all heart and emotion. And, and to see people connect um, with that event in their personal life through music or whatever, um, it is, it's just, it's, it's really cool. And it's really emotional. And, and, you know, it makes you realize why you're doing this event because mm-hmm. of, you know, I do struggle. I do struggle with doing, putting so much time in all this stuff um, because I don't sleep. I, you know, I, I'm working around the clock seven days a week all the time, mm-hmm. but I do struggle doing these events because sometimes it's like, man, I just need a break, you right. know? But when I see that, when I see that connection, it just, duh, this is why you're doing it, idiot, you know? And so it's, 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 it's a little bit of a struggle, but that's why I keep doing it. It's a great equalizer. Yeah. And you see it, I think at night for the fight, knowing a lot of the artists that have been, uh, that have graced that stage in particular. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go to a concert, most of the time there's a line between concert goer and performer on the stage. Right. You know, and it's it's pretty well outlined. Yeah. If you're there, there's yeah. usually uh, there's usually some sort of barricade that keeps you from right. uh, being on the stage. But night for the fight is it, it is the great equalizer because you know that all of those artists, yeah. um, they know the reason that they're there. Yeah. They know the reason that they're you know bringing their time and their equipment in. Um, and they all been affected by cancer. Yeah, and they, they all have the same thing in common. I think that humanizes it so much because right. now it's not just performing artists on stage and fans watching from, you know, from the floor. It's yeah. you know I've seen people you know with artists have conversations about how cancer has affected right. them, and all of a sudden you, the fan loses the uh, the that oh my gosh I'm talking to Taki from Eve to Adam. You right. know it's like I'm just talking to Taki, this guy who was affected by cancer in this way, right. which is similar to the way I was affected. The right. great equalizer, and right. to be able to bring those two parties together in in that kind of environment is, um, it's an amazing thing to uh, to witness. Yeah, listen, these bands come play this free of charge. Yeah. You know, and and they fly in from all over the country. So they got you know hotels, they got airfare, they got all this stuff. These bands come in and play this. You know, just because they've been affected by cancer. Rachel Lauren, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. she's played the last two years. Right. Sweetheart, biggest hard in the world right and she just wants to come do it i mean she she has so many expenses just to get there right you know and and she comes and does it because she knows what it's for what it's about what's the connection so on and so forth and she's been affected by it as well mm-hmm. you know and and these artists they'll come off the stage and then like you were saying they'll mm-hmm. go meet with their fans and just talk to them right. just talk to them for a while you know you know talk about humanizing their brand you yeah. know what i mean it just they they just they just shoot the shit with whoever you know what i mean and and you know it, they're creating a connection as well you know and so i don't know i just these artists that step up to the plate whether you're a local actor or a national act to do this event you know shout out to all of them because they're just amazing people in my 20 years in radio you, there's there's always going to be levels of artists there's always going to be garth and everybody under him yeah in country right there may be some that try to knock on the right. on the floor beneath him right but there's always going to be garth and everybody else below him um, and that, and there's always going to be levels that go down. And and in 20 years, the closest friends that I have in in artists are the guys that made themselves real human beings mm-hmm. for a moment in time. Yep. That that came out and did a show. And after the show, it wasn't a meet and greet. It wasn't. Uh, I was part of their fan club, so I got to go and and hang out with them on the bus. It's when bands would come down or come to the booth at Rockfest, mm. and not only you know hang out and talk to us. We usually had beer in there, so they used to they would hang a little longer than yeah, some of kitty, the kitty, 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 well. Kitty. Yeah, <laughs> two years ago we had a giant refrigerator put in there, and and it's probably still there. Yeah. Um. But but then you know, you know through osmosis, obviously you'd have fans of that artist come up, and they would be standing in the booth windows, 
the artists that would just stand there and you know how their days are. Right. I mean, and if they've already performed, that's one thing, but if they have a, if they're on in a couple of hours, there's a couple hours worth of stuff they still have to do. But right. the bands that took time and made themselves tangible and there wasn't this iron curtain between them and, and their fans really in my mind set themselves apart from, you know, the untouchables. For uh, sure. We're here, we do our meet and greet, we do our show, we get on a bus and we leave. It's why you see some of the, the B and C bands that continue to come back to our area right. have such success because their fans know, hey, not only do I love their music, but I know these guys personally. If I post something on their Facebook page, they, they like it or they say, hey, what's going on, dude? Or hey, what's going on? And and they're they're more real humans right. with incredible talent, but also just, you know, they really are, they really humanize themselves. And, and Night for the Fight is an example of, of that. I think, you know, Rockfest is an example of that is where you, you know, there's some barriers that are broken down between I'm a fan of this band because I watch their videos on YouTube or I have seen them in concert. Well, now I get a chance to, to shake this person's hand. Right. Um, I know, I do know that uh, the new Hell Yeah album yeah. is coming out, the last album with Vinnie Paul. Yeah. Um, they did something a couple of months ago where it was, um, post your picture with Vinny. Right. Uh, and they were going to utilize all these pictures, I'm guessing in very small form, right. um, to put together the album cover. Right. And I must have seen 20 or 30 pictures of fans at Rockfest awesome. with Vinny That's awesome. right outside of our booth because you realize, you know, and, and it, it's Vinny fucking Paul. I, I mean, know. Pantera, right. Right. hell yeah. Right. Um, and the nicest man I've ever met in rock and roll. Seriously. Bar none. Yeah. Shut um, off your back, do anything for you kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Out, out back grilling for mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. you know we, we brought him a bottle of sky vodka and, mm -hmm. and he was just the happiest cat on planet earth right uh, but you really got to see a guy even of that magnitude become a especially pantera fans right oh my god it's Vinnie paul right you know right eyes get big right they forget what they're saying like i love you i love you so much <laughs> but when when you just see him having a conversation with them like oh yeah you know next time you're down in dallas come down and come down to one of my clubs and, right um you really realize that the, the the industry that you're in and the people that you work with on the artist side of things, they both put their pants on the same way, one leg at a time. Right. They both have been affected by, by cancer. You know, they, they all have this realism to them yeah. and it, it's really, it, it was a really, always a really cool perspective to have at night for the fight and to have at Rockfest to see these artists and their fans entrenched in conversation. Yeah. Listen, we're, we all have <clears throat> certain drama or certain issues or certain things going on in our life. And mm -hmm. the hard part is, is the guy that's walking down the street next to you, you have no idea what he or she is going through compared right. to what, you know, you think that your day is, you know, finer than frogs hair, right? Right. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, and, and so you have no idea, you know, what they're going through. So, you know, way that people connect through issues that are going on in their life through music is just, you know, amazing it's absolutely amazing and then they connect and then they get to connect with these artists that give a crap about right. their fans you know and and so it just it's it's it just makes it super magical i mean listen there is so much power in music that helps mm -hmm. the human soul you know is it's just astounding it's absolutely astounding and in 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 the rock world especially that has that uh that's i think i i feel the rock connection with songs to fans mm -hmm. um, is way bigger than any other genre out there, period, by or none. Yeah, so. and, and I, I would agree with that. I think there is there is a certain understanding when you hear a song. Um, and, and, and trust me, I'm, I'm all about party songs and drinking songs. And man, a couple of days ago, I was listening to Dropkick Murphys like it was the coolest fucking thing in the world, man, because it was about drinking and it was St. Patrick's Day. What's wrong with you? Uh, there's a long list and we'll talk about that <laughs> after this program. Um, but, you know, but rock has and rock has always rock has always been the, you know, the anti norm. 
you mm-hmm. know, the anti, it's not all white picket fences. And, uh, you know, and country touches on that, I think, in, in different ways, too, because they, they really do touch on people that have been through relationship struggles or loss sure. um, with, with things like that. But rock has a way of doing it in a much different way. There are slow rock songs that are about sadness and heartbreak and things like that. But rock can have, you can have a kick-ass upbeat song mm-hmm. that is about the saddest thing ever and about overcoming struggle and about overcoming addiction and about overcoming uh, the passing of somebody in your life. And the fan will connect with that song. And even if that song wasn't written specifically about that kind of situation, that fan can put that song into their life terms mm-hmm. in their words and say, this just spoke to me. And now I am forever connected to this artist or this band. Um, and I will go and see them and I will, you know, you see fan art all the time up on bands, social media pages. Cause it, it, you know, they'll take the song, it'll change their life. It will inspire them. And now they're putting it on paper and, and, and hopefully, and rock does a great, a great thing too, with the anti-bullying thing, Mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, with, with mental health awareness. I think they, they are leading the pack. Um, right. not, not from behind the black curtain a little bit, but you know, rock is still kind of, we're still, you know, we're still the redheaded stepchild right. in the room, which is, which I think we, we still, I think we kind of like it. That's kind of how we like it. Yeah, you know, we, like we, it we, way, it's, you know? it's called mainstream for a reason right. and, and we're, and we're not, but they, they have such a way of, a lot of the artists have gone through these things. They, they were the kid that didn't, wasn't the, mm-hmm. the jock in high school. Mm-hmm. They were the guy that was in the garage banging on the drums or sometimes because you know, they liked the music that they liked, Yeah, you know? And you they, know, they that's followed. That's why they got bullied or whatever the case may be. You yeah, know? because you wore, you know, it wasn't always cool to always wear black T-shirts, right, apparently. Right. My wife tells me that I should find some more color in my life, yeah. but I'm still wearing black T-shirts. But, you know, they have a way of connecting with their audience. And I think, like you mentioned, it's, it's just, it's so different than every, every other genre because they, they're so driven. Yeah, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, rock songs, we, so we go through a lot of emotions as humans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we go through a tons of, of different emotions. Rock <clears throat> songs connect with more different types of emotions mm-hmm. than any other genre out there. I, you know, it connects with happy, anger, fearful, sad, you know, insecurity, you know, all those things. It connects with all them. And a lot of times all those emotions in one song, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. which is, which is crazy. You know, they, they're not afraid to say all of the stuff, you know what I mean? They're not afraid to go through everything, right. you know, um, you know, in some of the other genres, you, you know, you, 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 they, they don't do that. They just don't mm-hmm. do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're 100% right, Cooper. Because I think sometimes you just got to say fuck, you know? And, <laughs> and that's that's the bottom line. I mean, and we had to edit it out on radio. We don't have to do, do it now, but sometimes... I can, I can officially say that word. You can. Oh, my God, this is going to feel so good. Fuck. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, there oh, it is. There oh, it put is. a microphone in this hand all there, of a sudden. There it is. But, yep. there, but sometimes, I, I think this goes with the range of human emotion. Sometimes the word fuck or fuck it or fuck this or fuck that or fuck it. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. <laughs> I think you, I think sometimes that just, you need to say it that way. Like there's, there's ways to pussyfoot around it a little bit, right. but sometimes if you're angry or if you're really happy or whatever emotion you happen to be going through, rock doesn't shy away from using the words that no. express that emotion no. to its fullest extent. No, I, I, that, that word, I tell you what, it, it, it feels really good to say, you know, it, it really, really, does. It, it yeah. really does, you know, and, and yeah, like you said, a lot of people got to be PC about it and so on and so forth, or some people are offended by it, you know, whatever. But, you know, even those people that are offended by it, when they say that word and they, you know, and behind closed doors, it feels pretty good to them too. Right. So, because <laughs> then, you know, like, wow, this, this shit's serious. Yeah, like, exactly. okay, if, exactly. uh, grandma ma is dropping the F-bomb, um, <laughs> We need to talk. She Libra. needs a business. She she yeah. needs a brandy is what she needs to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2019 coming up. You got uh, you got two big festivals um, on the horizon. Uh, the biggest acts in both country and in rock. Yeah. Um, anything new 
that the fans should be preparing for. I know we we had gotten together earlier this week, and you had mentioned some things. I know there's some uh, some things that are out there, but yeah, when fans prepare themselves, because this <laughs> yeah. is global, you know, yeah. we're not just broadcasting to oh, the Greater yeah. Chippewa Valley area. No, this, I get it. So I if you're it. traveling from I get it. Mazatlan, <laughs> we would love for you to come up to Kadat, Wisconsin, and experience it's a the festival. Trip by foot, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pack a walking stick. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, you know, I, there is a, we always try to bring a lot of uh, new things every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's some things on the horizon that I, unfortunately, Cooper, I can't talk about yet, but, um, but you know, he still thinks we're live on the radio. I know exactly. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, uh, this year's a couple of new things that we already, uh, you know, announced and already, you know, bringing out is a, the top tier lounge, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a, um, you know, a, of, uh, you know, think of it as a, you know, bottle service kind of, you know, atmosphere. Right. Um, so, you know, you have your own waitress and so on and so forth, drinks, beer, food, all that kind of stuff, elevated platform, you know, it's just an exclusive kind of club thing. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, we're doing a bunch of different additions on to, you know, we're doing a big addition onto uh, stage two or mm-hmm. who's on top or ne- or um, the crossword stage, you know, for country. Um, so we're doing a huge addition there to make that experience just quote unquote kick ass. Right. Um, so we're putting a bunch of money into them. So I'm really happy we're doing that. Um, you know, and just, um, we're bringing a lot of new different, um, experiential things between, you know, Roman entertainment to, um, just cool photo ops, just you name it. Um, we, we broke ground on that, that woods last year right. and we're expanding on that. It's just, there's a lot of, lot of new things and there's going to be some things that I'm bringing to the campgrounds and, you know, so there's, you know, again, I don't sleep and my board of directors <laughs> looks at me sometimes and says, what in the hell are you going to do next? You know? And, and, and so, yeah, we're always, we're always trying to do new and different things. And I, and, you know, the great thing about our office is I am surrounded by an amazing group of people, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't sleep either because they think about this stuff at two o'clock in the morning. Um, but they're amazing. They make me look good every single day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, no way in any shape or form could I ever, you know, <laughs> not take, a, it's not a solo project. Yeah. Take credit for their work because mm-hmm. they are, they are an amazing group of people and, and, uh, and they're, again, they do it for all the right reasons too, you know? So, um, yeah, we got a lot of new things coming. Um, but, uh, yeah, some of it, you know about already, and uh, some that's going to be you're not going to know until you're at the, on the grounds. So always leaving us in suspense. Wayne Asher, Chippewa Valley Music Festivals. Thank you for joining the podcast today. Of course, the podcast is available on all podcast platforms: on Apple, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on Pandora, on TuneIn, <laughs> and SoundCloud. It's on YouTube. It's also shared with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and LinkedIn. Yeah. Too, uh, for all my business professional friends who listen to us uh, LinkedIn. Uh, wherever you listen to it, make sure you subscribe to the show and uh, get ready for episode number four coming up next week. Wade, let's have a drink. Yeah, I agree. We probably need one. Thanks so much for having me, Cooper.